Welcome to HeartSpeak Podcast, episode 209, Hope Springs Eternal. Welcome to the HeartSpeak Podcast, where valuable insights are shared that bypass the mind and resonate with the heart. Listen, open your heart, become inspired, find the joy and fulfillment that awaits when you follow your heart. And now, here's your host, Dr. Christine Page. Well, hello there, wherever you're in the world. It is good to be with you. Sorry to be a day late, but we're just back from a long trip of many different countries, many different wonderful experiences, meeting great people. And I'm here to share what I experienced really from that place of the heart. So why am I talking about Hope Springs Eternal? Well, as I was flying back yesterday, I had a great view of Greenland. And as I was looking out at Greenland and this amazing rockery, mountainous area covered in snow, covered in glaciers, and then seeing some of that slip into the water, I felt alive. I felt there was hope. And I couldn't quite understand why, because I could go into all sorts of situations about climate change, but it felt that pristine energy as I was looking at, the way in which the snow was just glistening in the sun as we passed over it, was just saying to me, never give up hope. There's always a connection to the oneness, always a connection to the divine. There's always a connection to a patterning that we may not see but each of those tiny snowflakes, those tiny pieces of snow are connected to the wholeness. And I went on and watched on the plane films like The Field of Dreams and Minority Report. I was, I was wide awake and I was watching these different films and, and also, you know, just understanding that many of these films, and I watched the, the Bi Dallas Buyers Club, where people had gone from a very low place in their life, a place where they felt there was no way out, but recognizing that there's always a way. And that phrase comes from Alexander Pope's poem back in the 1700s, where he talks about hope springs eternal in the breast of any human. And I, and I thought, you're absolutely right. It's not the sort of solar plexus hope that says, oh, I hope this will happen, but there's really no energy in it. To me, the hope that Alexander Pope was talking about was a hope that is about optimism, enthusiasm, a belief in the goodness of mankind, a belief in the goodness and the, the oneness of this universe. And maybe some people call me <laughs> too optimistic, but, you know, I go into situations not saying this is what I want, but always waiting to be surprised. Sometimes it's a pleasant surprise. Sometimes it's a surprising surprise. Not quite what I imagined. But, you know, I never become disheartened because it's always a surprise. You understand that? And so I remember way back in my days of using complementary medicine when I was working more in a practice, and sometimes I was accused of giving false hope. And I thought, there's nothing such thing as false hope. There's a lot of false hope happening when we are not giving adequate information. Or even when I have to say, 
oh, I know everything and it's going to be this way, and it's false. No, false hope is not possible if you're giving anybody opportunities to be curious, to step into mystery. And I used to say, look, if my client tells me that they believe that this will get better by, I don't know, hanging from the chandeliers, who am I to say that's wrong? It's not a hope, it's a knowingness that comes from my client, from my patient. And I really believe in the placebo effect. If you believe strongly enough in something, that to me is that hope that lives within our chests, within our hearts, a knowingness. And it's not with that energy of, well, if it doesn't work, I'll blame someone. It's, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do this. And whatever the outcome, I'm not out to blame others. I'm going to be able to say, I did it. I tried it. I went in there without expectations, without knowing what the result would be, but I did it. I'm sure you recognize moments in your life where that's been true. I've left jobs and people say, can you afford to leave? And I would say, I can't afford not to. I've entered relationships where on some level, I knew it was right to enter it, even though I knew there would be bumps along the way. And it certainly may not end up in the way that I thought. But that's life, isn't it? Every time we give birth to a new idea, we're giving birth to that which is unexpected, that which can only expand us. And if we're doing things without that knowing, oh, I'm doing this because I know what the outcome's going to be, then we shouldn't be doing it. In fact, we're just going to get depressed. Every time you give birth to a child, you're giving birth to something new, something exciting, something that's created beyond our understanding, beyond who we are. If we think, or if we've read the books, or been online and thought that having a child is going to follow some pattern, that's why we get postnatal depression. That's why we get depressed. But always being in that state of wonder, that state of, wow, that isn't what I expected, is what keeps that hope alive. And I hope that as, I hope, as I'm saying this to you, you're remembering times in your life. Not times where you've thought positively, which I have no interest in. It's not about thinking positively. It's actually allowing, allowing the divine to enter, allowing our connection to the great oneness, the great mother, to be taken wherever we need to go. And I think that's our challenge, is when, first of all, we, we lock it in and we say, it has to be this way. This is what I expect. And when it doesn't happen, we feel let down. We feel that we've been hurt. We feel disappointed. And as I often say, it isn't our heart that's hurt. It's our solar plexus that's hurt because it's carrying the disappointments. And of course, our throat chakra wants to know what the outcome is going to be so we never feel insecure. But when we let our heart lead, we're not looking for those things. We're looking for a deeper connection to ourselves, a deeper sense of love for ourselves, a deeper sense of connection to all that is. Yes, that's the sort of hope I'm talking about. And when we allow that to happen, it takes us into amazing places. Now, again, I want to say, 
it's not taking you into a place that says you'll never have any problems, you'll never fall off a, fall off a cliff, or you'll always be happy. That's not what I'm talking about. And if that's the life you want, where you only see things in a positive light and you never approach the so-called negative, then we're living in this la-la land that actually is not reality. And there's so much happening at this time to cause us to feel that we are unloved. And I think that's what happens, that when we are disappointed, we immediately go drop into those belief systems that say, oh, well, it's because you never get what you want. You don't deserve to be loved. You've never been happy. So that sort of pessimistic approach is really waiting for our negative beliefs to be, uh, to be secured, to be reinforced. Isn't that true? Well, there we are. I knew that would happen to me because it always happens to me that way. So in some ways it gives you a positive <laughs> lift because your negative beliefs are being reinforced. I feel that those mysterious, those hope springs eternal are times where you're surprised when things don't work out the way you think they are. And again, it doesn't have to be, oh, that was a wonderful surprise. It can be, wow, I never expected to end up like this. <laughs> and we've all been there. And at this time, especially at this beginning of October, there are so many changes happening again in the astrology. So we have the final meeting between Saturn Saturn in Aquarius, Uranus in Taurus. They met all last year. And the message there was, who do we give our authority to? Especially in terms of Taurus, our body, our land, our climate, our food. So this meeting again, Saturn authority, Uranus in Taurus is about, could we actually look at our bodies, our land in a different way? Now, what I'm saying there is Uranus in Taurus is exciting new adventures in security, body, finance, nature, food, all the things that Taurus, as I've mentioned many times, looks at. But I feel that what's actually happened, even though we're watching the Bill Gates develop these unusual lab-created whatever, GMO, whatever's, and us being told to eat very unhealthy insects, which we can't actually digest, what we're actually saying is that isn't what nurtures me. So Uranus in Taurus is bringing out all these new inventions about finance, which we all know are happening, where we want to have, well, it is expected to have a, a central bank, a central credit union, which again is, is really not what we need. But we're watching these inventions be put out there by people who say they're in the know and their authority. But what's actually happening, it's, it's actually not working the way they thought. Because as we're being squeezed and told we have to do it this way, there's something in us that's saying, you know, I may have been sitting on the fence a bit about how I eat or maybe looking after my body or how I treat nature or how I look at the earth or how I look at my finance. But because we're being pushed into a corner to do it in certain ways by people who think they have the right to tell us these things, we're watching people wake up and say, actually, no, it's my body or it's my world or yes, you're right. I need to be a better guardian of this world or a better guest, as I say. Or actually, 
what do I believe about climate? Maybe believe what you guys keep telling me. So I'm I'm watching that sort of revolutionary energy coming in where if you push too hard, you actually wake people up to things that they hadn't been thinking about. Make sense? So maybe we weren't even looking at nitrogen and the effects of fertilizers on the land. Now everybody knows about this. Maybe we didn't even know anything about DNA or RNA before the vaccine. Now we all know. So there's there's been an awakening of information in a way that I think that those who wanted to just give us information uh, and, and virtual signaling or saying anything else is misinformation, it backfired on them. Because we all just went, well, hang on a minute, you're telling me this, maybe we need to look at this in more depth. And that excites me. That excites me that not just that the backfiring has happened and the revolution that was thought to just be such a smooth transition by those in the few uh, elitisms, they thought this would all just go through 2030, we'd all be fine. No, it's actually woken everybody up. And that is what's causing me to know and give me hope because I'm so sorry for those who have suffered so much from whatever and have not had a voice and have been kept quiet. But because now we have Mars in Gemini the whole of this month and it's going to be there till November, we're actually seeing people having, finding a voice. And those who are more eloquent, maybe some of our people who we, perhaps we would see them in other fields of using their voice, they're now using their voice for those who have no voice. So I watched that document that uh, Del Bigtree talked about as well, about the, when it was about called safe and effective. And this is not pro or anti-vaccine. It's just saying is these are people who would who followed with great courage the advice that they were given. They thought they were being given good, safe, effective, wise advice, and then find themselves in a situation where they can't work or they can't function or they lost a loved one. Or many other situations in the past, I'm sure you've been in the same place where you trusted an authority, you trusted they knew what they were talking about, only to find that they didn't. And actually they were giving you false information or let's assume limited information. So what's happening is over this next month, certainly into November as well, we're gonna see more and more spokespeople stepping up, sometimes whistleblowers stepping up and saying, actually, let's, let's listen to the broadness of this information rather than limitedness, and let's give those who have no voice a voice. Now you may have been a bit like me, someone who always, didn't believe anything that anybody said unless I experienced it myself. That wasn't, again, a sense of rebellion. It was just like, okay, I'll listen, and then I'll create my own opinion. It's called discernment. And part of that is because I have a moon in Aquarius, which is quite good at seeing the bigger picture. Many of you may have that same energy where you can synthesize information, take it from many points of view, and then come to your own conclusion. And where Saturn is, Saturn's been in, is been in Aquarius, it's going to move into Pisces next year. It's Saturn is where am I limited? So it's limited the ability to see the whole picture. 
So these authorities have pretended they're giving you an Aquarian-like vision, but actually it's a very limited Aquarian-like vision. So what we've been doing, Saturn in Aquarius, is not only where am I limited, but where do I need to regain my authority? Where do I need to learn and then teach from? So where have I been limited in my greater awareness? And where can I now bring that wisdom forward without being evangelical about it? So I want to just say this is the last, as I say, of the meeting, the square between Saturn and Uranus. One, just to clarify, it's waking us up to thinking about our bodies, our land, our people, our finances, security, family, home. What makes us secure? What feels us makes us feel nurtured? What makes us feel that we have pleasure? It's still happening. So take, take notice of that. And then the Saturn in Aquarius is, where am I being only given limited information? And where am I now taking back my authority to actually see the bigger picture intuitively, sensitively, knowingly, as well as what you might read or see on the internet. So it's an exciting time of change. And this is going to expand itself as these different planets start to move forward again. Do you remember I said many of them were retrograde? So Pluto turns direct again, I think, on the 10th of October. So Pluto, which has been plowing through all these institutions, you'll be fed up with me saying the same thing. But she, Pluto, is now making her final push between October the 10th and then March 2023. So watch out for more institutions falling. Because despite the fact that, you know, many are being obviously very challenged by the financial crash of the markets or by these terrible price increases of about fuel, which is totally unnecessarily unnecessary and is being controlled by the very few who want to gain their own agendas. But despite all of that, we need to recognize that back when Pluto first went into Capricorn in 2008, that should have been the reconstitution, the, the breakdown and the reconstitution of the financial markets, of the housing markets, of the credit card markets. But it didn't happen. We, money was just thrown at all these different institutions and allowed to continue. So I'm sorry for any of you who are suffering during this time, but finances controlled by others cannot ever meet the needs of the, of the many. There's so much money and food out there that there should be nobody in poverty, but it's being owned and held by the few. We have so much food and energy there everybody should be living with running water, enough food to eat, enough electric, enough heat to keep them warm or to keep them cool. So things have to change. And I think that's where I still feel my hope springs eternal. We bring new ideas in, new that, that benefit the all, not just the certain parties or certain religions or certain groups. That polarization just cannot continue. We are in it together as humanity comes together and starts to recognize that that separation is one that can never feed the heart. So we have Pluto turning direct. We have this Uranus set and Saturn changing. 
I believe that Saturn is also going to go direct at the end of the month. Just having a, a quick look at that. And of course, we have Mercury is also going to go direct after uh, you may have been disturbed by this and over the last few weeks, but it's going to go direct again. So Saturn is going direct on the 20, 23rd of this month. So when that happens again, you may see greater authorities trying to step in, but I feel that now the people are saying, no, I am my own authority. I am taking back my power, not power against something, but power for something to move forward in that, that way in which I've been talking about. And part of that will come from us looking at those who have been injured, whether through COVID or vaccine or, or by anything, by having delays to their health care. So many have lost faith in the doctors and nurses. And I have to say, my heart goes out to you and my heart goes out to you if you're a doctor and nurse and you felt that you have been trapped in an institution that you couldn't get out of. I want to encourage all of us to be able to think for ourselves, to move out of that space, and to apologize, to, to apologize even to ourselves, that we decided to blind ourselves to what may be going on around us. I was on one of the British airlines, <laughs> you may know which one it is, couldn't believe how they put out messages, whether I was waiting in the waiting area or on the plane, which was true virtual signaling, which was really saying, you should be ashamed if you're not giving us money for this, if you're not thinking this way. You should be ashamed of yourself. And I sat there and I thought, wow, I watched just as everybody on the plane just listened and, and allowed this virtual signaling, this this shaming to continue. And sometimes we can only see that when we are traveling because when we're in our own space, we don't recognize that this is happening. It happens in every country. So that type of shaming has to go. And it's only going to go when we reach across the divide. It's not going to go by, again, me getting upset about it, but when we reach across the divide. And I was listening to Dr. Marek talk and he was one of the best-known ICU, ITU uh, consultants until he was thrown out of his hospital and his license taken away by, by shaming because he'd been given or been giving his patients non-FDA-approved drugs, or we could say non-FDA-approved drugs for COVID. And he comes back, and I want to just share this. He says, that vitamin C, which I didn't know, vitamin C, which we always talk about being so essential for any sort of sepsis, inflammation, infection. He says, we can't make it as humans. I didn't know that. That mo everything else, apart from guinea pigs, apparently, but humans and guinea pigs can't make vitamin C themselves. So it is essential part of our nature, essential part of our diet. And of course, if you're getting fresh fruits and vegetables, you can get it through that. But maybe when you're feeling run down, put that vitamin C up to good levels, certainly one gram or uh, increase that for the three or five grams. You always know when you have too much vitamin C, you start to get diarrhea, but it is not a poison. It is an essential part of our nature. And I would say the same for ivermectin. I know I've mentioned it before. Please, please recognize that this isn't just a drug against COVID. He talks about it being this wonderful drug that can go around and, and 
pick up or sponge, collect all the parasites, the viruses, etc., that are going around your system and has been used for decades by different countries for that very purpose. But please don't consider that just a COVID drug. The spike protein, the virus, is actually something we do not need in our body, and it's time for us to be able to pick it up and express it out into the world. So we move forward. We move forward into a more hopeful place, and I hope that that's what you feel. You know, sometimes we can feel so run down, so let down, that we, we feel that we're alone, but we're never alone. And not only do I consider, if I say the spirit world, the star family world, but those around us can, can help us if we reach out. I remember years ago when I was going through a difficult breakdown with my, one of my relationships, and I always speak to the universe, as I call them, in this way. And I was kind of putting, I was crying, and I was like, you don't love me. And this gentle voice I heard in my heart and holding my soul was, you will never know how much we love you. And I want that to be your truth. You will never know how much you're loved. No, never loved, know how much you're held, even in your most dire moments. And that wasn't a dire moment. Many suffer much more than I did. But I am saying is you are never alone. And when we do cry out from our heart, we are heard. But sometimes we need to get everything in place before that voice isn't just to help you, but is to actually also, you are part of humanity's changing. There is nothing wasted. Your suffering, your struggle is not wasted, but sometimes it's a collective movement that takes place. And so I just share my last piece is about my trip. It was a magical trip. And I say that not in this woo-woo way, but... I went without expectations. And some of my most magical moments were those of being with the group that I traveled with, the individuals within that group, or meeting these wonderful people in bright life, my friends, my soul sisters and brothers, or perhaps being in the Orkneys and, and Kalanish and recognizing the knowledge and the love that remains in those stones, 5,000 years on, hasn't left. I felt that was giving me hope. You know, I believe in stone spirits, bone people, and but even in the people who laid down these stones or created these stone circles or stained canes, they said, you'll need this sometime. You will come here sometime and you will touch this stone or you'll be with this stone and you'll remember that you're not alone. And you'll remember that there were people who cared enough to create these wonderful stone places for us to tap into when we need them. So you don't need to travel like I did. You can just tap into something that makes sense to you. It may not be stones. It may be trees, a grove of trees. It may be a beautiful lake. It may be an ocean, maybe a mountain. Have a picture. Put a picture up for yourself and say, when I am tapping into that picture, I'm coming home. I remember that things are good. And around all those wonderful sites that I visited, both in Turkey and then in northern Scotland and in England, I felt the love of the land, the love of the spirits, the nature spirits. But I also felt that those nature spirits infected, infected us all 
with kindness and niceness. And, and there was so much love and so much kindness everywhere we traveled. And it wasn't just the kindness, it was the fact that people wanted to reach out and meet us. That to me is that hope. It's like we all hope to be met in a place of love and kindness and respect. And when we meet others in that place, we're asking them to meet us. It's a hope, but they do. And so I saw many wonderful sacred sites in Turkey, places I had visited before, places I hadn't visited before. And I'll just tell one last story before I finish. We were fortunate enough to have with us a beautiful, amazing drummer and, and a vocalist. And they were with us as we went down into the underground cities in Cappadocia. And these cities were built and have been used for thousands of years by different groups when they have been threatened by others or maybe because of weather, etc. And as I've been into this place before, I was less you know, interested perhaps in just looking at what they had created. But I was very inspired by this amazing drummer and the vocalist uh, who used overtones, etc., to work with the earth and to work with us as a group. And they chose an area in this underground where we were allowed, I think, into the first four layers back down. But it was very clear there were many layers beneath that fourth level and many levels where the other world, the underworld, lived beneath our feet and beings lived in that underworld. And as this drummer was playing and singing and doing overtones, literally my camera was picking up these lights, these white lights flashing across my very simple little camera. And I was like, wow. And as I then, he changed the tune, he changed what we were doing. I focused on the ground and I heard these spirits talk to me and they said, you know, we don't usually come to the surface because humanity is not necessarily awake to what our wisdom that we carry. But this singing, this drumming has, has allowed us to realize that there are beings here on the earth now who are ready to connect with us. <laughs> that to me was the message of hope springs eternal. As we change our frequency, as we open our hearts and our voices and our, our drumming to not our expectations of how wonderful we are at doing those things, but when we just open ourselves up to the curiosity and to the love and to the divine that surrounds us in these sacred places, we attract spirits to come back to humanity, to come back to the top of the earth and to, to meet us there in these most amazing places. Now that is true if I went to the Ring of Brogda, where I went in the Orkneys on the autumnal equinox. I knew that as I was there and I was almost there on my own as the sun set, that the spirits were meeting me, the star people, were meeting me in these sacred gathering places where they say, if you build it and they will come, Build your dreams. Come to these places and we will be there, we promise you. You don't have to travel. Travel in your heart. Know that they will come wherever you are 
when your heart is open, curious, and you open it to that hope of unity, divine love, and oneness existing here on this planet amongst humanity and all those we share this planet with. And with that, blessings. I look forward to seeing you next week now. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the HeartSpeak Podcast with Dr. Christine Page. Please check out all HeartSpeak episodes in the podcast archive section on www.christinepage.com. HeartSpeak is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and now playing on Amazon Music and iHeartRadio. You can also watch the Archive Podcast on Christine's channel on YouTube and now on Rumble. Connect with Christine on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook, including her newest Facebook group, The Great Mother Calling. Do share with family, friends, colleagues. Join us next time for another edition of HeartSpeak.